Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be an episode about the Eververse updates coming in Season of Opulence. I wanted to walk through these with you. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. Come on in and join us. If I'm not live, you can click the follow button. If you're watching on YouTube, hitting the like and subscribe button is an easy way to support what I do. So the the Bright Dust and the Eververse conversation has been going on for a bit of a while now. People always want there to be changes. There's been different, you know, recommendations. I want to walk through the actual changes in the Bungie blog. You can see here if you're watching on YouTube, this is a sample of what the Eververse is going to look like. Their opening page is going to have featured slots. There's going to be extra pages and things they haven't quite yet shown us. So first I want to read through what they're doing. Then I want to talk about how this is a lot more, there's a lot more clarity. It's clearer as there's intentionality being brought to the Eververse. And lastly, I want to talk about having an Eververse book similar to SRL. We've been, we've been pushing for this idea for a while. And I think that we, this is set up very well for it if they wanted to do it. So let me just read through what they're doing. With Season of Opulence, we're making some changes to the Eververse store. We had two main goals for the change we're making direct pick and greatest hits okay so direct pick now this is where they have some bad information every new eververse item in season of opulence will be available for direct purchase via silver or bright dust that's not actually true there will be items that can only be purchased via silver but a lot of items will be able to be purchased with both either silver or bright dust so they did make sure to specify that in another thing so this blog post is inaccurate it's it's not every item uh, most of these offers will be limited time. The new bright engrams called uh, in season of Obvious will be greatest hits, which would be the best of year one. If you missed out on spicy ramen or the selfie emote, season of opulence will be your chance to get them. Okay. Armor, full sets of armor will be made available as a single per class bundle, as opposed to being offered only via bright engrams. Individual armor pieces can also be purchased for bright dust, whether they appear on the storefront, uh, whenever they appear on the storefront. These armor pieces featured fixed perks, perk rolls. So if you're buying them like that, they're going to be fixed rolls. They won't be, you know, you won't be able to sit there and keep purchasing for random rolls. Uh, simpler interface, as you can see here being displayed. Specific items are now featured on the front page, will be cycled each week. I actually think the Braytex Sparrow looks freaking awesome. Most offers will be limited time to make way for rotating inventory, with some coming back into rotation at a later date. Players can access this new interface by visiting tests. Now, apparently, there's another page that will feature all the items that you can purchase. Uh, items that are purchased for silver will now go to the relevant character inventory location in a wrapped state. Uh, a sparrow purchased directly will be wrapped as uh, in the sparrow inventory. To use this item, it must be opened. Once open, uh, its item functions and can be used normally. If you wish to refund the item, you will have seven days from purchase to do so. Items that have been opened cannot be refunded. Okay, so this is the update to Eververse. This is what they're doing. They're making it look a little bit more streamlined. Uh, it seems like they're going to be giving you more options for direct purchase, which we've been asking for for a while. I also like how the prices are right there. You know, you can see the Baron Waste Weapon Ornament, 700 silver. Oh, Quick Hug is 800. Like right there, quick and easy to see eight bucks seven bucks ten bucks etc and now somebody might say well that seems pricey for an emote that seems pricey for a you know an ornament well that's subjective right twenty dollars for a Fortnite skin they're selling them for that price because there's demand there's a willing consumer base if there are people willing to spend this money on these items then 
it's it's there's not a way to delegitimize that it's up to the consumers to dictate what good pricing is and how we respond to what's sold okay so the thing the thing i like about this though is i do think this functions way better as an interface for people to interact with i've been saying since destiny 2 launched i thought the eververse was confusing it was muddled it did not seem to motivate purchase i know some people think that they use two different currencies like it's not five dollars it's 500 silver like they try to remove that feeling of spending money from you know your experience and that's one of the reasons that they do the different currencies. I don't have a problem with that. I just never thought the actual interface was clear. So let's talk about how this is clear and intentional. I think it's good to see them say, we need the UI to be significantly better. And also we're adding more intentionality. If you've got Bright Dust, you can purchase stuff with Bright Dust. Now, we don't know how limited that's going to be. It sounds to me like they're going to be increasing the amount of things you can purchase with bright dust and then that will be you know that'll play a part in obviously giving you more more direct lines to the stuff that you like if you're saving up the dust and then you see something that you really like you can save up for it uh it always felt cluttered and it lacked clarity in the past uh and it really didn't seem to motivate purchase now i know a lot of people are going to say i don't want this in the game i don't think they should be selling vanity items or loot in a loot based game now that they're a self-publishing company, I don't have a problem with them selling vanity items, especially things like quick hug emote, discouraged emote, you know, this other salute. Like, really, if you're going to get that upset about emotes, I don't think emotes are are actual, like, loot in my mind. It's not a gun. It's not an armor piece. I really wish the actual armor pieces and the armor sets were easier to get, and it sounds like they're adding that. That's what always frustrated me. I would see a really, really dope armor set, and I'd be like, man, I wish I had a way to grind for that, and there's not really a way to grind for it. Uh, And now they're saying, okay, look, you can buy an entire armor set together. Now, the fact that they're statically rolled, I think that that's a little bit discouraging because if they don't have the roll that you like, that can be a little bit like, oh, man, I would love to have a full set. So... It's a good and bad thing that they're giving you that direct line to the full sets of the armor. That was the only thing that bothered me up until this point. Sparrows and ghosts, I have never wanted for a sparrow or a ghost. I always seem to be able to get the ones that are earnable. Now, there is the new one that looks like, you know, the old war plane with like the like the shark drawn face on the side of it. I forget the name of that sparrow. That one's purchase only feels a little pricey in my mind i think it's like 10 or 12 dollars for a sparrow seems a little bit you know too high and that's why i didn't buy it again that's subjective right the price of a vanity item its values being subjective we have to consider that if they're trying to do trickle content free event content i'm not talking about arc week i'm talking about things like the dawning and uh the you know what's the other one crimson days and then there's the halloween one where they did the haunted forest This is a great way for them to be able to fund that. Now, I still think they're leaving money on the table, and that's why I want to end by talking about an Eververse book. This just feels like money on the table at this week. They did the Sparrow Racing League book first. Now, I said this. When Fortnite introduced their Battle Pass, I was like, I don't know why you wouldn't bring back something like the Sparrow Racing League book as a way for people to feel like they can get guaranteed vanity items instead of buying them one by one. Like, instead of spending $7 here, $10 there, which I think turns a lot of people off, knowing that every season I could say, you know, you know what? 
I want to buy a book for 15 bucks, 20 bucks, something like that. I think 15 would be a good price point. $15, as long as I'm diligent each week to check some boxes and work on the book, I'm going to slowly earn all the new vanity items as I play. The question would be, is that going to increase sales for Eververse or decrease it? I don't know how well they do when they when they shove something like this out and people see they can buy the Braytech Sparrow for 8 bucks or an emote for 10 bucks or 5 bucks or whatever. I don't know how many people are doing that and would that go down if I can spend 15? The other question is, how many people that don't presently spend money in the Eververse would say, you know what, every season, yeah, I'll throw 15 bucks at the Eververse, it'll give me a book, it'll give me stuff to do each week, boxes to check, and then a slow trickle of all the cool items and things that they're coming out with, whether it's the armor pieces, or the ornaments, uh, or the sparrows, or the ghosts, that'd be a more directional way for you to do it. They could have the book feel like a quest or bounty-driven thing, where as you know, as you're working through in the season, it's just one more thing for you to do each week. Even if it's something as simple as just like running pubs or patrols on the different planets, that's something for you to log in and make sure you're taking care of if you want to ensure that you get all the way to like exotic level in the book to get the dopest items and the things that you know. Like all these might go away, you know, next month. Now bringing back the best of year one engrams, that's not a guaranteed thing they're going to do every time. So if there's something really, really good that you want, this would be a good way, I feel like, to do it. Again, this feels like money on the table. It's it's content. It would bring intentionality. It would give people a sense of, like, I don't have to worry about RNG from the engrams. I don't have to worry about spending money and getting nickel and dimed here and there. This could obviously great against that weekly injection, though. Like, if Bungie's wanting to feature items each week for a certain set dollar amount, and you don't want people to basically be able to bypass that, you would want to make the book, you know, work well. I don't know if it'll work well now that they've really upped the ante. I mean, selling emotes for $10 and $8, and then you could turn around and buy a book for 15 that might cause some conflict within, like, we're actually losing money now. The question really would be between the book and the direct purchases how many people week to week are actually buying these emotes for $10 and $8 I think the weapon ornaments probably sell the best because when you get something like the Outbreak Prime, Outbreak Perfected or the you know the Whisper or the uh, the Linear Fusion I always forget the name of that one, the Arbalist once you get these items it makes sense to say oh we're you know I'm going to go buy the ornaments I feel like the other things probably don't sell as well like the emotes and stuff but we'll have to wait and see how this works how much can we purchase what's the price of dust I still think they're really missing out on doing a really good seasonal book as just another layer of content another for, so, you know source of revenue for them to use the Eververse in a way that is rewarding and sensible, but also feels like you're treating the players with respect. So, we're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a Q&A session after my talk about the Eververse updates. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live at twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. Let's just jump right into the questions so we can move pretty quickly here. I do have the picture up of the updated Eververse um, in in sort of storefront. Uh, Mortar Eater, do you think Destiny will ever be as good as we want it to be, meaning lots of content, fixed leveling system, trials, all the good stuff, or do you think we'll always be kind of stuck in a funk? I mean, 
I feel like we could have another Age of Triumphs, like, era in Destiny 2, and that could happen next year in 2020. Like, I feel like we could get into a rhythm with them repurposing content, making great rewards. I don't know if they're going to bring back Trials, but, like, I do feel like we could get into a better place. There's a lot of gear that could get the year two treatment. There's a lot of stuff that could be repurposed. Ultimately, our fondest memory of Destiny 1 is like post Rise of Iron. And truth be told, Rise of Iron, Wrath of the Machine, and then subsequently Age of Triumph didn't actually add tons of new content. It just really treated us with respect, gave us dope rewards, and gave us dope things to do. Ultimately, that's all we need. If people could calm down and not get so upset about repurposed content, I feel like the like next year could be Destiny 2, not Destiny 1, or Destiny as a franchise, but it could be like the golden era of Destiny 2. It would just need to be very similar to how Age of Triumph and Wrath felt, like a focus on fun, a focus on dope rewards, a focus on weekly and monthly rituals rotating in a really good way. I think we could get there. Now, Destiny 3, it, it just remains to be seen what their plan is. The rumors about it being really grindy RPG, you know, I, w- that's just all rumor and leaks at this point. But I think in Destiny 2, there's a lot of potential that they could still tap into. Sorry, I had to sneeze. I didn't want to sneeze on the mic. For the sake of the people who listen audio, Hockey Dan. What are your thoughts on Bungie double dipping as in selling DLC and microtransactions? Do you think it should be one or the other or it's fine how it is? I mean, for me, I've always looked at vanity items as not that big of a deal, right? PHDJ, thank you for six months. That's a purple badge for half a year. Thanks for keeping your primes up here. Again, vanity items, it doesn't bother me. Ornaments for guns, sparrows, ghosts, emotes. These are not things that really drive my engagement. Traditionally, it's not what really drives engagement in Destiny. Now, it's become something that people pay attention to, especially I, I, that Braytech Sparrow looks really, really cool. But when I'm paying for DLC, I'm paying for content, guns, missions, armor, loopable content. And I feel like the Eververse is, a, is I think, a very respectable tack-on. It's just vanity items. Most of it's stuff that just truly doesn't matter emotes and ornaments and sparrows and ghosts these are not things that matter now my only my only pushback on eververse is we don't want it to get to the point where it starts to be like we feel like we're getting short changed like why haven't the npcs have their armor you know repurposed or a grind with them repurposed why is some of the best looking armor shoved into the eververse i don't like that that's one aspect i don't like that's pretty small in the grand scheme of things that we do in destiny and the loot that we chase so i don't feel like it's double dipping I, in in this era of gaming, the cost of development, the time that goes into games that are this size, I'm okay with them, you know, monetizing their their development costs, their production costs. I'm fine with that being monetized by micro spending uh, on vanity items. It doesn't bother me. I am Skolas. Off topic, but what do you make of the fact that we heard nothing from Luke Smith until after the contract with Activision was cut off, but now we are seeing and hearing from him and engaged Luke Smith, which I think means good things from the franchise. Uh, Could it be Activision was fighting Luke Smith's vision for Destiny? No. I do not think... I do not think that Luke Smith was being muzzled by Activision. I don't think Activision was holding the game back. I think Luke Smith has been put into a new position because of the split, and they're trying to take Destiny into a new era, and he is the the captain of the ship now. That's why we're hearing more from him. I do not think Activision was holding us back. Um... 
You have talks that have the exact opposite about the cosmetics and the loot, where cosmetics are a big part of the loot. I No, no, I don't. I have not contradicted myself. Now, when they did the Iron Banner thing, that was different, because I said, this should be earnable and purchasable. I've never said that... that 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 was okay i still stand by that during iron banner my main criticism was in a loot based game one of the pieces of gear that i should be able to grind for in the that iron banner or whatever the event was when they did that i said it was tone deaf to have things that were not earnable and only purchasable okay that doesn't apply to the last question the last question was do you feel like they're double dipping with dlc and microtransactions okay so i'm not contradicting myself I've never said you're allowed you, you're not allowed to sell vanity items or they shouldn't sell vanity items. I took issue with e- items that were not earnable even by RNG. It was like I should at least be able to hope this thing lands in my lap. Now, a lot of those comments were pre-Activision split. Once you lose your publisher, I think the game changes a little bit. I think micro spending, monetizing development bandwidth, I think we as educated gamers can make space and say, "You know what? It's fine." ornaments for guns being purchase only that doesn't bother me now that you're not attached to a big publisher when you're attached to a big publisher that just doesn't feel necessary it's kind of like how people defend fortnite they're like well it's a free game right so you're like it's fine to have really expensive skins because the game is free okay and in this situation it's like i'm okay with there being direct purchase ornaments because i know they lost a giant publisher listen if if getting rid of the relationship with Activision leads to a better version of Destiny, and part of that road is paved by direct purchase vanity items, I don't give a frick. It doesn't bother me at all. But when you're backed by a big publisher and some of your free events have items that I can't earn, I'm going to be a little bit harsher in my criticism at that point. That, that to me, it's like, do you really need this to be set up in this way do you really need to purchase to be this motivated when you have something the size of activision backing your development costs so i don't know maybe maybe i'm being maybe i'm being too generous but when i look at the landscape of gaming and development and publisher relations and i see a company go on their own no publisher I feel like making more space for their allowances with respect to the selling of vanity items. I'm okay with it. ESO does it with their with their their crown system and their subscription system. You don't need it. It's completely optional and it helps fund their game. It helps keep things running. It helps keep the servers going. I don't know. To me, you don't have a subscription service for ESO and it's basically an MMO on console and that's a great way for them to fund it. Every game is, is, is it's in its own relationship, in its own setup, and I feel like sometimes you have to make allowances for companies to do different things. If you were to play one of the new free-to-play games coming out, whether it's Apex Legends or anything else, I feel like you, you make allowances for that game to do that because you understand it's in a different scenario. Even though Apex is backed by EA, you, you still are like, yeah, it's fine, it's free. So I think sometimes you can move the goalposts according to the the game and the setup. I do agree that black shader, if you look closely on the black shader on this preview screen, it's got some really cool looking texture to it, and I hope maybe they bring some new textures or moving shaders to the game. Double V. In the current bundles we get for silver, there are desired exclusives items and sometimes bright engrams which led people to, to think they pay for these extra. Do you think they changed the Eververse to fit the players who just want to get what they want and nothing else added to it? To me, the engrams just seem like they are an extra 
item to buy. I feel I feel like direct purchase is just better. It's safer. A lot of the legislation is going to start to roll out, disallowing loot boxes, so selling an item that has a chance for an item. A lot of that's probably just not going to be uh, allowed. Or, or it's going to be more hotly criticized. It just makes more sense to be like, here's a vanity item. If you want it, it's ten bucks. Here's a vanity item. If you want it, it's eight bucks. Um, that's better, I think, than selling chance items. Why couldn't they have the cosmetic earnable and purchasable, even when it's a rare for them to drop? To me, that's a perfect system, and I agree with the book. Right. I just, I don't know. Evil. I'm not going to say they can't do that. I'm just going to say sometimes. Having an item, like, let's say, the ornaments for the Outbreak Perfected. I'm okay with those being purchasable. It's like, it was a special event, they added this mystery, it was free content, right? It was a free mission, it's an environment that has a boss, it's basically a, it's basically a really challenging strike, and the new weapon comes out, the puzzle that led up to it, and I'm like, you know what? If you want to attach ornaments to this thing and make them purchase only, you gave us something that was just out of the, like totally free to all players. Nothing didn't cost you anything. If you if you owned uh, Forsaken and had been doing the bounties and leveling up because the level increases are free, and they add Outbreak Perfected to the game, it's a totally free thing for you to do. Chase something for the community to come together and having an ornament that's buy only. That just, I don't know. That just doesn't bother me. It just seems completely reasonable given they no longer have Activision backing them and they and they added something cool and free like that. I don't know. Druid Dan, do you think the best of year one engrams would be like re-released items where they have different colors or original? I think they'll be original. I don't think they're going to be any different. I don't think they're going to look any different. JD Gamer. Hey, Lono, do you think this will have uh, Bungie making money with silver, or do you think we will have more of a selection to be buying stuff with silver? We'll just have to wait and see. There's no way to know. They don't release internal sell rates, so I'm Skolas. Sorry for the second question, but do you think this new way of doing Eververse is a way of getting all of the Bright Dust out of players' inventories, meaning possibly a whole different Eververse starting in September? Well, I mean, certainly, there, if, if, this, if this season bleeds you dry because you're buying stuff left and right that was your choice as a player and then if September hits and they replenish the whole Eververse and you have no dust I think that's totally appropriate so maybe be sensible this season and kind of like hold off you know really try and get all your engrams to see if you're going to be getting stuff it seems like the best of your engram if it's replacing the bright engram then you're not going to be able to earn the new ones I'm not quite sure how that's going to work are there going to be two um, are the are the bright are the best of year one engrams replacing the normal level up engram, and then that's basically what you get. Uh, let me look here at the notes because I don't actually know how they're doing that. Season of Opulence's bright engram engram will contain a collection of community favorite legacy items, which focus on the best of year one. If you missed spicy ramen or selfie emote, Season of Opulence is your chance. Some additional details. Yeah, so it seems like. The new items, it seems like the new items will not be dropping from the bright engrams. You'll be trying to buy them with bright dust. Um, so it seems like they're only going to be the best of year one, which is a bit of a bummer to people who got everything. So I think it would drive sales if you had them earnable too, because it's seen as a positive by the consumer. I said that, Evil Reborn. I said that back before I changed my position, back when they were still attached to Activision. I said I would be more likely to buy 
an item if I knew it was earnable. If I knew some of those ornaments and some of those emotes were earnable, I probably would have bought some of them. I would have I would have bought the Whisper of the Worm ornament. I would have because I was like, wait a minute, you, you, you know why is this not why is this not earnable? You know. Okay, Dylan's confirmed they will drop in the new Ingrams along with year one favorites. Okay, so it seems like you're going to get a mixture of both. Final thoughts on Season of Drifter and Go. I did a whole review of this. My flyover is that Season of Drifter was too narrow with the content. Gambit Prime and Reckoning are too narrow. It's not It's not something that most of the player base enjoys. It's very, very narrow in its content offering. Too stingy with the loot, and then too inconsistent with the events. Arc Week wasn't an event. Revelry was good, but it really made PvP people mad. I actually liked the Verdant Forest and the, the Revelry grind, but then Verdant Forest wasn't perfect because they didn't really set it up well. You could kind of get taken captured. It wasn't a good... It was close to a, a horde mode, but it wasn't quite right, and then Outbreak Perfected was a great ender. So... That's my flyover of Drifter. If you want my full review, it's on YouTube. The grand scheme. Would you rather see a system where we earn or craft our cosmetics more rather than just buying them from the store? I thought earning the shaders and ships from the raids in D1 was better than RNG. This is why I've continued to say NPCs should have seasonal rewards and you level up them during that season and you can earn some of those shaders, some of those ornaments, ghosts, sparrows, etc. Um... And I think if you started to train people with this idea that like as they earn loot, they level up an NPC that gives them shaders and ornaments for the loot to look cooler, they would probably be more inclined to buy that sort of thing from the Eververse because they would feel like it's incomplete. But the rest of the game doesn't really offer that. So I think that's something that they could look to add. Uh, Mike, should we should they let us trade bright dust for silver? No, I don't think that's needed. If the new system allows you to use bright dust for a lot of the items as direct purchase, you don't really need to use bright dust for silver. Again, silver is their microtransaction, their microcurrency, so they don't want to dilute that. Kyle M. Allen, what do you think uh, all the proceeds from Everest will go to from Bungie? I like my money goes straight to Bungie and not Activision if I buy silver. Well, as of now, they're not attached to Activision, so I'm fairly certain anything you buy, it, it goes directly to them. I don't think there's any revenue share. Now, that might be why they're totally changing the Eververse. Maybe they want to say, all this is brand new. Everything that people will be spending money on is new and falls outside of the Activision contract. If they sold year one emotes and stuff, that might have fallen under the Activision contract, and then that revenue would need to go to them. I don't know how all that works. Um, Roland. So if an item is available only for silver or is limited time, do you think they will tell us or you will miss waiting for it to be available for dust? Sorry. Yeah, it's going to be pretty clear, it seems, that if it's only available for purchase, and then you'll know how long it's featured. So, and then on here it shows bright dust purchase items there, and then you have six days, two hours before it resets. Same on the weekly offerings. Looks like there's three featured items a week as well. Um, and the and the star is probably one of those indicators that Braytech has got a star and it's on the featured thing so I don't actually know where all that's going to pull from there's also three menu items here you can see there's the Eververse then there's a cup then there's a box then there's something else I, I, we'll have to wait and see what all that is unless there's screenshots somewhere else I don't think there is Forza why is it so hard to implement a system that lets us pull Eververse armor from our collection for different roles charge us bright dust per pull or something currently sitting at 80, 85,000 bright dust with nothing to spend it on well you'll have plenty to spend it on next season probably I agree with you 
when there's really really cool armor in the eververse it would be nice to pull it until you get the roll that you like because then you could you know actually wear it and like what's on it it would be a bummer to get like a really cool pair of gauntlets for your titan or something and they look dope they're from the eververse but then they have the wrong reload you know a sidearm reload or something stupid um so more cat just to be clear i'm sorry to ask you to repeat can you buy something and then wrap it and gift it to a friend that was not in there no the wrapped unwrapped was just so if you buy it okay and it's wrapped so if you buy something by mistake you're clicking around not really paying attention you're like oh frick i didn't mean to buy a sparrow and you can go return it while it's quote-unquote wrapped once you unwrap it and it's that's done so there's the purchase then it's wrapped right now you can return it once you unwrap it you cannot return it smash boy do you see that the star on the spare on the eververse ui is it some kind of favorite system uh if we'll notify you when your favorites find it? i think that star is because it's one of the featured items um that's what i think best way to farm spare rations probably run reckoning king dane what do you think of bungie selling armor set skins the reason i say this is because you would want to keep the perks on a few armor but have a look of unique this is where that like transmog would be helpful i have a video on how they could do transmog it would be an ornament system instead of actually changing the loot it would still have the same name and when you inspect it you would see what what transmog ornament they're wearing um or as somebody just recently said give me a way to get the rolls i want on the eververse armor uh Parasito, any thoughts or insights regarding this Eververse overhaul and its relation to the Activision split? I think it's clear they want their they want their storefront to function better. I, like I said in my talk, since taken since uh, Destiny Two landed, I thought the Eververse was a was a total just bare, it was the UI was awful. It was smashed together. It didn't it didn't seem to motivate purchase. So they probably want to motivate purchase now that they're self publishing. Evil Death. With the nerfs coming to some top-tier weapons, do you think this is Bungie's way to get people to grind out the new pinnacle weapons or try older exotics that were left in the dust? Uh, or is this a way to try to uh, play... Uh, I'm sorry. Or is this a way to play to the masses and not things to be met or a top-tier? I mean, there's probably multiple layers of reasoning to the to the the nerfs. I think some of it's just they want to create a baseline. I think the big picture driving motivation the primary thing that's going on is they want to create a good baseline to build up from with the content they give us and new items and exotics in the future i still think most of those exotics are going to be really popular because of how helpful it is to get your super back from orpheus rigs or phoenix protocol or skull nova um i was playing some gambit prime today as a hunter and I just, whenever I go into environments like that and I don't have Skull Nova or I don't have Rig's Tether, I just feel weak. I was trying to get make shards work just because I thought maybe I could kill the majors with it and get good super back. And it worked. Shards plus my teammates' orbs wasn't bad, but man, oh man, Skull is so strong. If you get used to it, it makes some content feel totally different. I mean, it feels like the difficulty's been increased because you've just been trivializing it. Evil Clown says, with Destiny 2 new Eververse being unique look and everything, do you think Eververse will bring new players to Destiny? No, I don't think it does that. It doesn't function in that way. Uh, Fidel says, how do you feel about the way Eververse will be now? I've been talking about that all morning. That's too generic of a question. King Dane, what do you think is coming this fall? DLC or Season Pass? Also, do you think about Bungie? What do you think about them adding a Battle Pass like Warframe? 
uh, with the season pass. Okay, so I trotted out the battle pass idea literally in my talk, and I've been saying that for a long time. When Fortnite introduced the battle pass, I was like, Bungie did this first with the SRL book. Why are they not doing it? It's to be an easy way uh, to make money off of the Eververse. As far as getting a DLC or an annual pass, I think we're going to get a bit of a hybrid. I think we're going to get another annual pass, and it's going to be front-loaded with a really strong starter that will be probably size of like Rise of Iron and will go to the Dreadnought. Not a lot of new stuff though. Um, if they do a really big Comet DLC and another annual pass, I, that that could work because maybe they got to really convince people that the game is turning a great corner if the, if the next DLC is really good. I just don't know how many locations they could add. They'd have to do like, I guess like Eververse and Saturn or... I, you know, Eververse and one other I'm sorry Eververse and Saturn the Dreadnought and Saturn I don't know because they're just going to run out of space on the on the consoles with respect to like how many places you can actually put in the game with respect to this interacting with the director and memory and stuff they ran into that problem with Xbox One and PS3 they could certainly run into that problem with Xbox One and PS4 AFC DMC says what light level do you think it'll be maximum player can achieve with godly RNG I think you're probably talking about the six hour blitz to get raid ready. I think people with really good RNG will land in the seven, like low, like really close to 720. 716, 717, anything beyond that is going to be unreasonable. I think most players will land around 710, 712. Really lucky players will land a little bit higher, 714, 15, 16, something like that. Most players are going to land right around 710 to 712, I would think. Raphael. Do you think the infusion system will eventually get rid of the cost of enhancement cores? Because at this point, I think Bungie are not listening to the community whatsoever. And as I want Destiny 2 to be good, I just think they're they're not on a great track right now. I think enhancement cores got left in because they're going to do something with them in the future. That's been my speculation. They're being stubborn about enhancement cores because they know something that they want to do in like September. They're going to retool it, refine it, make it easier to get them. And they don't want to take them out only to put them right back in again. That would be worse. That's That's been my prediction, is that they, they're being left in because they want to use them for something in the future, and taking them out and putting them back in would be very, very, uh, would be a worse situation. Uh, Lotus, what's your take on the perception that games like Fortnite present a fairer form of microtransactions because they're free to play? I could pay for Destiny four times over with the amount of money spent in skins in Fortnite, but most people don't find that crooked for some reason just because their game is free to play. I mean, I yeah, I can't believe Death Stranding is coming out in like two days. We're gonna have to blitz. Um, we're gonna have to blitz. Uh, layers of fear too. I don't want to blitz it, but I mean, try to get through it. I want to jump into Death Stranding. I think the game looks phenomenal. Um, I, yeah, this is, this is again, Lotus, where I think that people will say perception is the real difference. So people play Fortnite and their, their perception is that they're having fun. So it's totally fine in a free to play game where you're having fun to spend 80 to a hundred dollars on skins. Um, oh, it's a trailer, not the game. I saw those tweets and I was like, that's, they're going to launch the game that fast. It's gotta be a, it's gotta be a trailer. That's not true. It's a trailer. Okay, sorry, chat. I saw the tweets and it sounded like the game was coming out. I was like, what? Okay, so they're gonna do a trailer. I was like, wow, Death Stranding just kind of dropped out of nowhere. That's encouraging because that was kind of weird. Um, 
but this is perception people's perception now again this is this isn't fact we're not dealing in fact or or objectively true statements right now okay people's sub, uh, their 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 perception is i spent money for your game i should get everything i shouldn't have to spend another dime okay we have that layer of perception which is just ignorant 60 dollars for your game i should never have to spend another dime that's just stupid for a game like Destiny. It's a game of service game, okay? Then there's the people that are a little bit higher on the rung, but they're still kind of they're still kind of being unreasonable, right? The people at the bottom rung are just stupid. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean or rude, but just because you spent $60 one time does not entitle you to everything in the game for the rest of eternity. Those people are dumb. They don't want to buy DLC, season pass, anything. There's no use talking to those people, okay? The people on the next rung aren't stupid, but they're probably being unreasonable. It's like, well, I spent $60 and then I bought your annual pass. There should be zero microtransactions in the game because I had because there's DLC. Again, I think that's unreasonable. In this day and age, the cost of production, the margins they're trying to hit, the amount of money they're trying to do, the, the amount of money that they're trying to generate for the publishers, or in this case, the, the amount of money they're trying to generate for themselves because they're self-publishing, it's not unreasonable to say, here's the game, here's DLC, and then there's vanity items as well. I've literally had people get up my nose on YouTube. They're like, this is unbelievable. You're a bungee apologist. Any game with DLC should never have microtransactions ever, okay? They're like one rung above the stupid person. The stupid person's like, I spent 60. I should never have to spend another dime. And it's like, the game's been out for 18 months, and they still think that. Again, there's no point talking to those people, okay? If you present them with facts, you're going to make their nose bleed. They're probably going to pass out and forget their middle name, okay? The person on the next rung up is so close. You're real close to being stupid, okay? You're being unreasonable. You're you're being an ideologist. It's like, there should never be any microtransactions in a game ever if there's DLC. And I'm just like, is that really tenable? Is Is that... Is that reasonable in this landscape of game development? I don't think so. Now, in Bungie's case with Destiny, do you know what we've heard for like three to four years? It's a slippery slope. Slippery slope. They're going to start selling power. It's a slippery slope. And it's never freaking happened. It's been, it's been nothing but vanity items for three years. And I feel like because people... Because people initially dug their heels in, said this is dangerous, I don't want this in the game, they're going to start selling power. Since they've not done that, I feel like people just resort to being idea- like idealist about it. And it's just like, you can stamp your hand and stomp your feet and be like, it should never be in the game if there's DLC, but I'm just like, how many games can you freaking play then? There's almost no games that play according to those rules. A AAA game for $60 with DLC almost always has some type of vanity microtransactions at this point. So, I I don't know. Don't be stupid. Don't be unreasonable. It's, I don't think it's hurting the game. Again, as long as it's just vanity items, I don't care. If you're giving me content to grind and guns to chase and loot to chase and experiences to have, if you're giving me a content loop, I don't care about micro spending. I just don't. As long as it's vanity items. Magic Wallace. 
Is there a more relevant question that are the purchasable, wor- purchasable items worth the money in exchange for the hope of quality future content? Do we trust Bungie with their money? Okay, you're not ever going to see in the Eververse that promise. We create that promise because we understand how this works, okay? But when you go into the Eververse, the value transmission is 800 silver, 8 bucks for a sparrow. That's it. That's the transaction. There's no asterisk. There's no promise. There's no paragraph at the bottom of the screen that tells you spending this money ensures good content in the future. That is not a part of the transaction. That is not a part of the value promise. So we're if you're trying to inject that in there, again, we do that because we understand how the business works. But when you go in and you spend your money on these items, that is nowhere in the value transmission or transaction. That's not happening. So you don't get to say, oh, should we trust Bungie with the money? What if we don't get good content in the future and I spent money in the Eververse? Am I being ripped off? I just don't think so. I, I don't I, I don't I don't think that's the case. So Mo Money One Watts with 35 months of subs. So close to three years, dude. That's a long time. Thanks for hanging with me that long and for keeping your Twitch Prime sub here. Paddywhack with four months, welcome back. Uh Commander Tyke. Do we know how to get the best of year one engram? It's replacing the engrams that are dropping. It's becoming the bright engram. Ace of Spades. Do you think that instead of nerfing Whisper, Bungie should have had certain spots on an enemy that if you shoot all three spots, you get the three bullets back? You're creating enemies for a gun. That's terrible. That's terrible boss design. No. Uh, JC1051. When do you think new and interesting perks will be added? As we've had Kill Clip and Rampage for month, and the Joker's Wild perks don't interest me, it just seems like the only cool perks are found on the featured weapons, like Recluse, and I don't think this is a bad thing, I'm just interested. Well, this is where curated roles aren't being utilized properly. Curated roles in in raid encounters, Nightfall specific loot, etc. should have really unique drops. I actually think anytime they add guns to the game, the curated roles should be unique and awesome. Even if you just modify the perks slightly and give them a different name. I, I really think that's a missed opportunity. Ashen Annihilator. Do you see them doing anything to monetize PvP players? Or do you think they just stay away from them entirely uh, as it's a hornet's nest? Well, they don't need to talk to the PvP players right now. I, I say this with love, but the PvP players don't matter right now. I'm dead serious. In the business in the business spectrum of Season of Opulence, they're not going to try and convince PvP players to buy Season of Opulence. I don't think so. I think PvP players will be targeted beyond opulence. That's when they start to matter. It's like, all right, look, we've done nothing for you for a year. Here's what we're doing with the Crucible. They're going to have a Crucible conversation with us this summer. Okay, so I'm splicing it. I'm not being mean. Oh, PvP players don't matter. In the grand scheme of opulence, opulence is attached to the annual pass. Do you really think there's some giant reservoir of PvP players who didn't buy the annual pass? They're going to try to get you to buy the annual pass all of a sudden now. I don't think so. I think they're going to focus on you. If you're a PvP player, they're going to focus on you past opulence once they start having the crucible conversation once they start marketing whatever's coming in september once they start talking about the future of the franchise that's when they're going to start talking to you they are not going to talk to you and and try and convince you with opulence i think opulence is going to primarily be a draw for pve players it's been that way for the first two pieces of the annual pass it would seem weird to suddenly try to get you to come back Maybe, I don't know, maybe. Maybe they really want to get everybody back on board before they start talking about the future. Maybe they're worried you won't really listen if they don't do that. I have my doubts, though. I really do have my doubts. 
it would just seem weird to suddenly be like, hey, we're really going to try and get you to come back with XYZ and Opulence as a PvP player. The rumors about Trials being playable at Guardian Con, if Trials is playable at Guardian Con, it's going to be, it's going to have to be so different. If you do 3v3 or 4v4 Elim or Countdown or any of that, so many people are going to go to play and not be able to play because you're going to die and be sitting there spectating. That's not going to be a good live, open to the public environment. I, they're going to have to change it significantly. If they don't change it significantly, okay, and it's just 3v3 Elim trials, they're going to need to go to a handful of maps instead of all the maps, because a lot of the maps will be terrible for 3v3 Elim. And I would think instead of making it playable, there'll be a tournament. So what I would do is if I were you, over the next month, during the month of June, I would watch the sweaty guys and see if they suddenly start coming back and playing. If they suddenly start coming back and playing and they're under NDA and they can't talk about what's going on, then you then you might have an indication there'll be like a tournament or something as a way to display the new trials. Um, or they'll keep it on the low low and they'll practice off stream. But again, again, I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening. Guardian Con's later in the summer though. That's 4th of July weekend. So maybe they will show PvP something at Guardian Con because they're going to try to rejuvenate the PvP player base for whatever's in September. Right, like Gambit was well received in the public eye and it drove sales for Forsaken. Gambit turned out to be a bit of a bust because there were, you know, exotics and there were strategies that really make the game mode unfun. But in a curated loadout environment where no one knows strategy yet, you get to play one game. It was very, it was what Gambit was very well received at E3 and Guardian Con. So they could take a similar approach. I don't think they're going to take anything playable to E3. It's a week after Opulence starts. If they go to E3, it'll be to do interviews and to be like, this is where we're going right now. Our Guardians are back home diving into Opulence. Here's all the reasons for you to come back and play Destiny right now as part of our annual pass. And here's where we're taking the game beyond this. Once we get closer to September, we'll have more details. But for now, we have some teasers. We have some details we can give you about where the franchise is going. Then they go to Guardian Con. They ramp up the marketing again. They give some more information. They probably could do some streams leading up to Guardian Con. Maybe do some streams leading up to Guardian Con where like Pro Bro and, and Goth fly out or something like that. And they're talking about what's going to be going on. They're talking about what's going to be playable. I can see them ramping up. I just wouldn't anticipate much at E3. I just wouldn't. And I and I, I wouldn't put a lot of eggs in the basket of trials being playable at Guardian Con. That, that again just seems so weird to me. Evil Clown. Do you think uh, the day one raid new mode called Contest will drive people to do more raid? Well, it depends because you can go in and you'll be fine at 700, but once you start to get through the raid, you're going to be really, really behind if you don't level up. Uh, Snevaret, uh, broad question. With the upcoming, uh, with the incoming and future loot, what can Bungie do to handle the vault issue? Do you think that year three will allow us to pull year two items? They need to use the collections instead of the vault. Collections is where you should store your rolls and your guns, and that's where you should pull them from. Use the collection system and not the vault. That's how you solve the vault problem. Uh, Megusta. I have an entire talk about how they could do that when I talked about the loadout idea that I have, and I pair that with a collections idea. Megusta. What do you think about uh, maybe the Eververse having specific bounties or mini quest lines for the bundles that can be purchased with Bright Dust? I wouldn't expect them to do something like that. They're going to be like, you can either earn the Bright Dust by playing and getting the engrams, or you can buy the stuff, and it'll be that simple. You start to muddy the waters if it's like you can do quests and bounties and stuff to earn the stuff. It's it's earn slowly or buy. That's it. That's the way. You, that's the that's the setup that you give people. So, 
Damon Gaming. Do you think White Nail should be reworked to increase damage every time it procs? No. Six people using Whisper, even with the changes, that's still roughly 120 bullets, buffed by Whisper Breathing, buffed by Well, and if they land their shots, there's no reload to slow down their DPS. That's 120 bullets or more. If, they, if nobody misses, it's over 120. It's roughly, it's approximately 120 bullets. That's a lot of bullets in a damage cycle if everybody's given the opportunity to empty their Whisper. If you, if you do half of your Whisper ammo, that's 60 shots from the team, and then another 60 your next damage cycle. That's a lot of freaking damage if you're standing in a well and waiting for Whisper Breathing. If there are bosses that are conducive to the, to the style of Whisper, how it shoots, it's still going to be a dumb amount of damage. Just so dumb. And then you can obviously try Darcy. But I'm telling you, Whisper's going to be very... Whisper's still going to be very strong. DJ C. What would you prefer? The Eververse system we have now or a sub fee? Say five bucks and all the cosmetics items are earned in game from Triumphs. You're saying five bucks a month. I said 15 bucks a season for a book. We're saying the same thing. I think the book makes more sense. You buy it. You work your way through it. There's bounties. It's got the feeling of like a bounty quest line box checking thing. It's, it's, it's in, it's in harmony with how we play. And then you get guaranteed items from that season. King Dane. What do you think the price point is for the fall DLC in the seasonal pass? If they just do an annual pass, but it kicks off with a big DLC, it'll be 40 bucks. If they do the Comet DLC and the annual pass, they'll do the 40-30 again. 70, 70 combo or 35 divide separate. Oh, I'm not going to spend that kind of money again. If the marketing and the, and the content looks good, if it kicks off with Taken Queen and a return to the Dreadnought and the Galahorn comes back, you better freaking believe people will buy it. Because that's what I think they're going to do. JC1051. Do you think the Bungie Bounty should be a guaranteed monthly event? As I never understood why they make the event so scarce. As there's plenty of willing content creators and streamers like yourself. Plus I really want that emblem. It's just work. They got to set aside time for for people to host it. Uh, watch. And then take. You know what I'm saying? And they're, they're, man, they're busy right now. They don't, they, don't, they don't have time to be doing that kind of stuff. It's like, why don't they do a stream every other week? Why don't they do a stream once a month just to talk to us? It's a lot of work to do that, to, to set all that up and to get all that ready, you know? Commander Tyke. In terms of perks, do you think they should add more perks that give you a buff but nerf something else? I think the future of the perk system has got to be way more perks on guns and trade perks. Yes. Handlaid stock give, gave you a bunch of stability, but it hurts your range, right? You can add a lot more perks to a gun if they're all trade perks. You get this, but you lose this. You get this, but you lose this. That makes it harder to get a god roll. That makes there that that broadens the amount of good rolls, and then that gives you the ability to create a lot of different types of perks, a lot of different types of gameplay. Right now, the perk system is probably held back by the fact that they had to like add it to a crappy double primary static roll system instead of iterating on the perk system they had to basically like start over it's like static roll the number of perks in year one were crap so they bring back essentially what we had in d1 so we haven't advanced the perk system the perk system just got like it went in a big circle so roland do you think the year one leviathan armor perks will work we've gotten this question a lot i don't think so um but if they do 
I don't think so. I think they're going to say this is a unique this is a unique raid. When you go into the Leviathan, you're going to go into unique environments and it's not really going to count or we're not going to be on the Leviathan or we're going to go to the Leviathan to kickstart it, but it's going to like take us to another realm nullifying the Leviathan perks. That would be odd, I think, for people to be able to play a brand new raid with perks and benefits from old raid armor. Um if they don't give us a heads up, if they give us a heads up, then I, I I could see them doing it. But if they don't give us a heads up, I could see people being like, that kind of sucks. Why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you tell us that we, you know, we were going to be able to bring these armor pieces in? We would have prepared because, you know, tell us it's going to be on the Leviathan and to prepare accordingly with raid perks. So, by the way, guys, if you're new to the stream and you like this interactivity, this back and forth, I do this regularly. I pick a topic, talk about it, then I do questions with you, whether it's in Destiny, we've done some for Borderlands 3, we did it in Division 2 and Anthem as well. Be sure to click the follow button if you like my style of content. That's a free way to support what I do. Um, And yeah, I'll be going in day one for the raid. I don't go for Worlds first, I just like to be in there day one, it's fun. The Food Man. Is there any speculation on Bungie allowing us to get the catalyst from faction rallies during other activities here, Season of Opulence? They said they were going to be speaking about that soon, and we haven't heard anything, so I don't know what they're doing. I thought maybe they were just going to bring back Faction Rally um, for the final month, but then they did Outbreak Perfected instead. So maybe Faction Rally is going to make a return in Season of Opulence, just another piece of rhythm content, um, just so you can get those catalysts. I'm not really sure what the what the goal is there. They took away trials, and I understood why they couldn't just suddenly bring it back. But even if people don't like faction rally, I don't understand. Like people want the catalysts. You could have done a couple of simple cosmetic updates to the armor sets, and and you know change some of the guns, update the guns to year two. People would have people would have done it. Here's the reason I think people would have been okay if faction rally came back and wasn't changed that much. If you'd have brought back a lot of those weapons with random rolls. People would have grinded and bought that got the packages to try to get certain items and certain roles that you want. Even if it didn't feel like it had been updated and made better, I still think people would have done that. Uh, that to me tells me that they're really retooling it or they have no plans. It's one or the other. They're either completely retooling Faction Rally or it's just not coming back ever, which is weird because the factions are still in the tower. Uh, JC, do you think paid emblems and other paid vanity items should transfer into Destiny 3? I would think that's an easy win to to not let us bring all of our loot and guns, whether we time travel or we lose our loot again somehow. You gotta have a reset point going from one game to the next. People get mad about that, but that's how all games work. Diablo 1, 2, and 3. Borderlands 1, 2, and 3. Like, you're gonna start over. That's totally fine. Bringing your guardian and bringing all their trophies and their treasures is different than bringing all your loot. Or at least bring some of the loot and then it quickly gets replaced. Um... But I think that'd be an easy win to transfer over all your vanity items in the new game with a collection system in place. Brock Kelly, as a guy who is 640 thinking of coming back, does any of the raid prep apply to me? Or would anything auto turn in at reset before the power surge? No, like you could do all the raid prep guides that you're seeing, whether you use sweat sickles or you use the one that we have in here. We have a spreadsheet. You would do all those things, and then day one, you would do the quest that's required. I believe that takes you to 690 as well, or helps take you to 690. And then you would do some surge bounties. And then you would start turning in milestones that you've 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 got bounties that you saved for those milestones. And that's what you would do. You would you would wait 
to do them. Now, you're not saving powerful milestones. You're saving mile. I'm sorry, you're not saving powerful bounties. You're saving bounties like clan bounties that can be turned in to immediately roll over the clan. You're turning it, you're, you're saving up your Dreaming City bounties. Don't save more than seven. You save seven Dreaming City bounties. Don't save a Lost Sector one. Day one, you go in, grab a Lost Sector bounty from her, complete it, pop it, get a powerful from her. Um, so I don't have a raid prep guide video, but if you use exclamation point raid prep in the chat, there's a guide on what to do. It's like a, it's like a spreadsheet. So the grand scheme, what if instead of a destiny three with numbered releases, they create a single online destiny game like wow or ESO. Some folks have thought they could do that. They could call it destiny universe or something like that, or just call it destiny online. And it turns into like an actual MMO style game with dedicated servers and bigger areas and and feel like the destiny we've all thought they could build i just don't know if they're ever going to be in a position to build a game that's worthy of being called an mmo so as much as that sounds good i just don't know if they're in a position to create that uh that's a lot of time like these mmos the the size of them the grind in them the 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 scope of what would need to be done i mean they would need to have been working on destiny universe starting you know, three, two or three years ago, if they wanted to have it ready in the next two years. Um, so I would love that. I would love to bring it under one banner name. It would still need to be distinct from the first destiny. If you just call it destiny, I think that would be from a marketing standpoint, some type of a name helps. It's like, it's a, there's a clear distinction. You just call it destiny. And then that's the end of it. I think that's harder to market. Cause people are like, wait, what am I paying for? Is this the original Destiny? Is this an upgraded version? Is this a high def version? You know, is this a is this a collector's edition? Instead of being like, no, it's a brand new game. When you have a different name or a number, it makes it very, very clear that you're buying you're buying a whole new a whole new thing. So, um, I would think uh, so. Instead of various maps, you'd have various planets in the new MMO. I kind of like that. Yeah, the only way they would do like actual genuine large planets and large areas and make it feel like an MMO is they'd need dedicated servers. And if they want dedicated servers, they would need to build the, the game in a new engine. This engine will not interface with dedicated servers in areas that large. It just won't. It's not possible. Um, if it's become possible, then they found a way to do some type of backflips to figure it out. Because up till now, it's not been something they could do. They would, they would need to rebuild the game. And then there's a concern of, like, will it feel like Destiny if they rebuild the game in another, in another engine? And it's like, well, if you want the game to be truly adaptable and agile and let you create lots of content and have a really big and, and awesome game, you kind of need to. It, it's, it's sort of a necessity at this point. So We've got no more questions, so I'm going to go ahead... And, and wrap q and I'm going to keep streaming so you guys can keep putting thoughts and questions in chat if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at twitch.tv slash say no to rage, if you're watching live right now, clicking the follow button, clicking that heart button is a free way to support me, as always if you're listening or watching in all the other places, please like, share and subscribe